Desiree, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Thank you for having me. All right, so The Miseducation of Cameron Post is a new movie. It's your movie that just opened up here in the Bay Area. Uh, of course, I loved it. Um, I'm going to jump right into it. The movie Thank opens you. up with a, a sex scene, basically, with the main character, Cameron, who's played by Chloe Moretz, and Coley, who's played by Quinn Shepard. And as an LGBTQ viewer, or I myself, uh, a member of the L com- uh, community, when I'm you know, watching these movies that tell our stories, one of the qualifiers, if you will, is if I can authentically and genuinely connect with the film. Um, and, and one of the easiest ways to pick from that are the sex scenes. And in this, you know, the sex scene, it's not yeah. just about the sex, but it was just about um, sending me back to my 19-year-old self and in my own coming of yeah. age and my own first experience. I mean, I think Cameron and, um, and Quinn knocked it out of the park. How did they or how did you all, you know, make that scene uh, come to fruition, come to life and be able to t- set the entire story? I have to say that was all the girls. Um, that was our first week of shooting, and I, I wasn't like we had just started. And the thing I noticed about Chloe at that stage was that she came in with a plan, and she didn't need a lot of backseat driving. Mm-hmm. And the more I got in her way, the less good I was doing. I actually needed to just let her express herself. And um, what I ended up doing when I got to set was I moved, I hit the crew, and I hit myself in the closest building, and I let Chloe and Quinn have the car, the second in the backseat of the car. So I let them have the car, and they shared it with the cinematographer, Ashley Connor, who was in the front seat, or the, yeah, she was in the front seat there in the backseat. She operated, and her focus puller was underneath the car, focus pulling, hiding. <laughs> and that was it. They did it. And I, I watched the monitor from far away, and I knew if there was something that I didn't think was quite right, I would step in. But actually, they, they sat all themselves. They completely created a world that I fell into as a year. And it's one of those moments by the monitors where you're like, oh, I struck gold. Like, I... I just got out of their way and they gave me something real and they both knew exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. So that's 100% those girls. That's awesome. Um, you know, the movie is an adaptation of the novel written by Emily Danforth and which we had Emily on the show back in 2012 when the, when the novel oh, cool. was released. Yeah. And so it was, it was great to see the novel become a film the interesting thing, though, is that I had read somewhere, I think it was in the press notes, that the movie almost wasn't produced because you didn't have a lead. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know who to play Cameron. It was not something that we were figuring. Like, we, we had held auditions, but I just hadn't found the right girl. And then Chloe's said that she was looking for a part and she'd like to read the script and then that was that it was it was just the perfect part the perfect actress at the right time yeah 
I think so too. You know, it, there's a lot of discussion right now in Hollywood about um, gay characters who should play gay characters, or uh, I totally understand. You know, the conversation around trans characters. Um, we don't have you know a big yeah, pool of trans characters, right? Story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But going back, you know, to to this there's story, there's such a little representation for. Sorry. I just wanted to say there's so little representation of trans stories that it's a very different, it's a different uh, climate. Also, uh, trans people are being like actively uh, persecuted at the moment too. So it's 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 so strange that we want to, as a Hollywood wants to like benefit off their stories and yet like and yet we don't want you using our restrooms as a country right uh it's it's very different but also i like to remind people who bring this up is that the actors in my film were all teenagers when we filmed and it wasn't my place to delve into their personal lives Mm -hmm. and the assumptions people make about young movie stars and their sexuality i'm learning it more and more as i'm you know getting to getting through this process of promoting the film with Chloe. And I think the assumptions people make are unfair. Right. We do not own these girls. We do not own their sexuality and they have the right to share or not share whatever they want to. And I was, you know, proud of Sasha for, for coming out and claiming her sexuality, but also that was her choice entirely. Mm -hmm. It's not Chloe's place to assuage people as to who she's with. She's so young. Yeah, and I would argue that all the characters and the stories that are told in the movie, I mean, I love that the background of each character was also diverse. Sometimes, I mean, if you've been in the conversion therapy scene or community or evangelical Christian community, you know, people tend to have this stereotype that they're all like, you know, one kind or you can only be one kind of person or Christian. Right, yeah, but all their experiences were different. They come together um, at this place, God's promise, um, and uh, you know, I it I actually forgot. And that's a testament to the book as well. I will say, yeah. yeah. But like Adam, Adam Redigal is a character that Emily wrote, and it was really exciting to to be able to depict somebody who's Native American. Uh, but that was that was something that she gave me. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, I like that you had talked about uh, the fact that the presidential election, the results of it had happened. You were still shooting this film. I want to touch a little bit about that or upon that. I mean, the script, the writing is brilliant. Um, I laughed almost in, at every scene and just kind of picked up on the small little things, the little lines. Um, and, you know, the president has emboldened a certain community of uh, especially the far right. And and this whole anti-LGBTQ attitude or anti, you know, I feel like people in gen in, in general, um, and some of the the lines are just kind of like this movie, it being a young adult movie. There is a scene in which Chloe's character Cameron is being um, called out, you know, for for being or feeling as if she's being judgmental of the space by Helen. And and I couldn't help but like feel like that's exactly what these alt right you know protests are kind of like all about is that they feel picked on they feel like they're being judged because of their beliefs and and all of yeah, that yeah they're such a victim like they definitely victimize themselves a lot 
So I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, people who are going to see this film. I think it's going to range between, yeah, young adults and, uh, you know, adults, period. I mean, the general audience. But if you, you know, if you think that this would would add to to the feelings or the sentiments of these folks who feel picked on. Hmm. Well, I think if they actually watched the film, they wouldn't, because I would like to think that it's a very sensitive portrayal of Christians, and that they're never the butt of a joke. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Christianity is at fault here. I think a misinterpretation of the Bible is, and... I think a lot of love is given to Rick and Lydia, uh, to heads of God's promise. So I would, I would hope not, but I think that if you judge it by its cover, yes, people would feel victimized by this in just reading the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other, you know, a couple things that I just wanted to also cover with you is really um, the the t- the topic of gay conversion therapy you know for us in california we already have bills that have been passed that prohibit you know even conversion therapy on minors but i, I guess across the country i mean it really is still happening um with one of the things of putting this film out especially in today's time i think what it would do is let people know like the anti lgbtq or just not you know the unacceptance of identity it's still out there. Yeah. Uh, are you sorry, are you saying gay conversion therapy? The practice of gay conversion therapy, also, you know, just the attitudes uh, across the country, I think. I think some people think that, you know, we've come such a long way since marriage equality, but there's importance in my mind for releasing this film in a year like 2017, 2018. Oh, for sure. Well, when I first started, when I read the book and I first optioned the book, I saw this as a metaphor for what it is to be a teen to anybody, gay, straight, whatever ethnicity. I just thought, you know, oh, when you're a teenager, you feel like you're diseased. And whatever it is that that differentiates you from the pack is your illness and that you need to exercise yourself of that. But then the longer I was researching and especially like post-elections, I've realized, oh, no, this is a very relevant problem. I mean, we have neo-Nazis in our country, and they were just bubbling beneath the surface, ready to have uh, an excuse to, to come out and protest. It's definitely current. It's, and when I met with, ex, with, with um, survivors of gay conversion therapy before I went into production, uh, Chloe and I met with a bunch of young men who had recently undergone gay conversion therapy. And they were so young. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the problem was relevant. It wasn't something that was in our past. It's just something people don't want to face right now. And mm-hmm. actually, the largest number of centers that were opening and the largest number of private practices in support of gay conversion therapy were opening in New York and L.A. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I don't think, I mean, what the film does really brilliantly, uh, by the way, is that it's not just about Christianity and gay conversion therapy, but also, you know, the relationships that adolescents have or, you know, when you're coming of age that we have with adults. And this, um, I, it was something that tapped into me. It was like some that I thought of the entire time that I used to, yes, honestly think that adults just were st- I mean, forgive me, but I, I really did used to think that adults were stupid. 
Oh. <laughs> you know, like, they just didn't get it. Like, you know, you. I, it took me a while to realize. <laughs> uh, well, there, this film also has a little bit of, or a lot of you, you talk openly about your own experiences and how you put that into perspective when you were making this film. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you just blindly, at least I was a child of immigrants from Iran, and I wanted so badly to be a good daughter. I didn't come out until I was 25. And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Um, I, I wanted so badly, everybody just wants to please their parents, and I still do, and I still want them to know that the sacrifices they made for, for me were not in vain. And I think a lot of the film, the big theme of the film is that if someone realizing the adults in their life don't have all the answers, which is what happens with most people, no matter what your circumstances, I think a lot of people have to make that realization and realize also that they have to decide for themselves the difference between right and wrong. Yeah. I listened to the uh, the NPR interview you did with Emily and Terry Gross, and I mean, you brought up your own experiences in the, you know, the rehabilitation setting or like group therapy setting, and I really appreciated what you had to say about, you know, that that sometimes it gets stigmatized or it feels that way, and that or it's like negative or that it's not healthy, but there is something about it that that can help and save people's lives. And you talked about that for yourself. Yeah, for sure. Going to rehabilitation center completely changed my life for the better. And I didn't, it was funny. I was in film school at the time. And before I went, my work was not good. It was, it lacked courage. And then after I went, my work changed and became funny, and I started to communicate better, and I started to make better art. And it was funny because before I went, I kept thinking, you know, once I, I'm a working filmmaker, once I, I reach success, then I'll take care of my health. And then finally I reached a point where I was sick, and I, I just couldn't get, I, I couldn't keep existing that way. And I was like, you know what, I'd rather not because it means not making films, if it means living in like a life that otherwise to me would be seen as mediocre at the time. I was like, it would be fine as, if I, as long as I just didn't, this, my days didn't revolve around this one problem. Mm-hmm. It took being, like making it the focus of my life. And then what's so funny is that everything else followed suit and that my work became better and my life became better. Um, just one last question. It really is about uh, how what I took away from the film, and obviously I've been telling all my friends that they should go see it, but what we needed right now at this moment in time in which you know so many communities are feeling under attack from the current presidential administration, I just think like for a woman, a woman of color, a queer woman, that this film really gives us a lot of inspiration to to just be, even though it it feels very difficult. Thank you so much. What? Yeah, and if you could just give yeah, us some thank last you so thoughts. Much. I, I, well, I just want to say that I didn't. The connection I didn't make with the last thing I was saying about rehab was like, I think that's the same about coming out. Like, I didn't have the courage to come out until after I worked on my eating disorder and put myself into a, a center. Uh, that there's something about living authentically and honestly and not have, hiding behind your secrets no matter what they are, um, that can unlock a lot of joy. And I think that's the journey these kids go on. 
and that it's a journey that anybody could relate to. And I'm, I'm really grateful to be, even though, I mean, this is what I said to my crew when we were on set and the elections happened. You know, we were all heartbroken. But I felt as though I'm still very proud to be American. I'm still very proud to live in a country where as a child, a brown child of immigrants who is queer, I'm in a position to tell the stories I want to tell, even when those stories are a major fuck you to the government. That's a right and an entitlement that I wouldn't have had if my parents hadn't, you know, fought to live here. So I'm really grateful for that. And I'm very hopeful. Desiree, thanks so much for joining me and uh, on my show, and thank you for the film. Uh, that was a true, or it is a true gift. So, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye.